Welcome to the Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Hey guys, before we get started today, we wanted to remind those of you who are local to the San Diego area that registration is open for our date night event coming up on February 18th. It's going to be a great night filled with fun, food, and time spent together connecting as a couple. Just go to our website at hopeontheharroad.org to register now. We're also excited to announce that we are partnering with Emmanuel Faith Community Church to provide respite care through their Buddy Break program. You'll want to register early as respite spots are limited. Just follow the links. Welcome back to part two of our episode with Bill and Pam Farrell, international speakers and authors of more than 50 books, including the best-selling Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. Let's listen in as Bill and Pam share more with us about how to be love-wise and not just survive, but thrive as a couple when your marriage is in the midst of hard circumstances. Well, so I'm going to speak on a super practical level first. For us, just the survival level, ground level, how can you thrive, like not just survive, but like thrive and build into your marriage. And um, so people ask us all the time, what's your secret? Honestly, our secret started way back out of desperation. And that was, um, we knew we needed to set new patterns in our life. And so we decided that we would have a Monday morning marriage meetup. And we we started it when we're newlyweds. And it was kind of like a business meeting for our marriage. That actually kept us on the same page, pulling together. And um, so on these business meetings, our goal was to keep the aha in our marriage. And that acrostic stands for The first A stands for attitudes. But there's two attitudes that will always help you in marriage. And that is, we are in this together and we're better together. And we have to remind ourselves that over and over again, because, you know, when life is tough, you look for someone to blame. And the easiest person to blame is the person you live closest to. So part of the process was to remind us, no, we really are in this together. And we are better together because Pam's good at things that I'm not and vice versa. And so we make a better team than we would if we were operating individually. Mm -hmm. Your attitude good and come into the meeting with a good attitude. Like a lot of people like a business meeting for your marriage, we have to do another meeting. I got meetings at work, yada, yada. Right. Forward to it, um, we always um, bring a verse, a Bible verse that somehow God has dropped into our world, either through a sermon or a Bible study or quiet times or whatever. So we bring this verse and we each pray that verse over one another. And um, I tell you, God is like so powerful in making sure you get the message that you need for your marriage at that moment. So here we are um, recently in like the hardest season. Um, This is our hard road, caregiving uh, in this, for these really hard to love, EGR, extra grace required people. And um, so Bill is 24 seven, his dad calls him one day, one day his dad, he he can call by saying, Alexa, you know, call Bill's number. And um, 
So one day he called 46 times, 46 times. And he, he would be like, where are you? Feels like I was just down there. And they would call like a minute again because he couldn't remember, you know? So here's that situation. And I'm watching how patient and kind Bill is in this really insanity, feel like you got dropped down the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland, you know? And um, so I'm reading this book by my friend, Cynthia Rukti called uh, Caring for Your Aging Parents. And every chapter has like a key verse. And this one, it, I just love it because it was not only met my need, but it's so good for your hope on the hard road. Um, listeners, it's Luke 948 in the Living Bible. Your care for others is the measure of your greatness. Mm. Your care for others is the measure of your greatness. And God just resonated that in my heart. And like, Pam, I know this is really hard on you. You're sharing your husband. He's not able to give you the attention and be there for you um, because we've always lived our life. Who's the most important person in the room? The least of these, whoever is the least of these, the person with the, you know, the highest need and least ability to meet their need themselves. And that was Bill's dad at the time. And God just said, Pam, this is a noble calling. And um, I want you to look at Bill through my eyes. Look at how he's caring. You're married to a great man. He's off the stage and he lives out the message that he shares on the stage. Nobody's looking but God and you get a glimpse behind the scenes. Pam, you're married to a great man. And you know what? It made the rest of those caregiving days so much better because I put on God's um, glasses, you know, God's lenses and saw my husband more accurately from heaven's point of view. Mm, that is so good. That's the A. The H is for habits because if you don't turn your family system into habits that you do over and over again, it all spins out of control. And those are things like, you know, who's going to do what? Let's match calendars. What are our priorities? What are those tasks we have to get done? Who are the people that we have to schedule? Is there any money in the bank? And can, can we spend it? And if so, on what? Um, you know, just the problems to solve. It's all that work business side. Those are the habits. And if you deal with them in this setting, it capsulizes. You always know you have a place that you can talk out your issues. Yeah. So you don't have to follow your spouse around all day, every day, nagging them. Just write it down and bring it to the meeting. Even though our husbands, <laughs> I mean, as husbands, you really do love that. We just prefer <laughs> to do it in a schedule. And then the last, the last uh, on the aha. So it's attitudes, then habits, then affection. So one of the first things we do um, in the meeting is we plan our date night. You know, when are we going to have that red hot monogamy light at the end of the tunnel? And we also have affirmation at the beginning of the meeting where we thank our spouse for something we've seen in their life and we value and appreciate. And at the end of the meeting, we thank them again uh, for something we saw in the meeting that revealed their wonderful care qualities. And so it's like this, you want to come to the meeting because you know you're going to get at least two affirmations, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Uh, you know, you both are talking about making and taking time to connect as a couple daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. 
What creative advice would you have for couples who cannot get away for a date night or an overnight to help them still prioritize that time together? Exactly. And that's when you like look for what is the leverage um, that you can use with your child to get like across um, from each other for a cup of coffee. I mean, just 15 or 20 minutes a day goes a long way. Um, and like, there's a wonderful ministry called Marriage Encounter, Christian Marriage Encounter, and they teach this tool called dialoguing, um, where you each write down, um, like a short little paragraph about how you're feeling, and then you take turns reading that and then responding to one another. And it doesn't have to take a long time, you know, that 15 or 20 minutes, but wow, it clears the path to each other's hearts. Um, it, and they, I bring up that ministry because, um, it's donation based. So you can go away on the weekend and it doesn't cost you anything. And at the end, you just give what you can, you know? That's so that's a, if you just could have one family member that would come down, get trained for respite care and cover the base for, you know, a 48 hour window once a year, that's huge. Um, and so that's why I mentioned that one, cause it doesn't have the huge price tag to it that sometimes getting away does mm-hmm. um, and then just that daily conversation um, we have an acrostic in red hot monogamy how much time it stays to uh, that how much time it takes to have a red hot relationship yeah I love that that's a good one share yeah. it <laughs> T, it's it's t-i-m-e so the t in time stands for 10 or 20 minutes a day to chat and one of the great truths of life is we all we all just want to know somebody is in this with us, that we're not alone. And th- this one is really in there for us guys, because most of us guys think that we married one of our, our buddies who looks way better than all of our guy friends. <laughs> and then we get married and we realize, oh, goodness, I married a woman. And one of the keys to our wives is she wants to keep her life connected to you. And the more that goes on in her life, the more stress she has to carry, the more issues she has to deal with, the more she wants to talk to her husband and connect all of that to him. So she wants to share, this is what I did, this is what I couldn't get done, this is how I felt about it, this is what I thought about it, this is what my mom said about it, this is what my sister said about it. And she wants to connect all of that to her husband because it keeps trust alive and it keeps giving the message, oh, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. And as men, we don't tend to do that with each other. So we don't practice this with our guy friends. Like Eric, I would never come to you and say, Hey Eric, how was your day? I just want to hear all about it. <laughs> yeah. We just don't talk that way. And so learning the secret of the recreational style of connecting to each other, it keeps giving the message. Hey, I know this isn't easy, but you're not alone. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. So 10 or 20 minutes a day, just to chat. And I do want to tell them, tell the guys I negotiated this down. Because I went to Pam one day and I said, Pam, how much time would you like to have just visiting back and forth to help you be your best? And I'm like, I don't know, 90 minutes? And like I went, 90 vacation? minutes. So I've got, it, I've got it negotiated down to 10 or 20 just to keep you connected as a couple. Right. Mm-hmm. I is for invest in a weekly date night. And I'll share one tip from, we went to visit uh, a family who has a very busy toddler 
And uh, if he is not ADD, ADHD uh, diagnosed, he will be. Mm -hmm. And um, so when we were caregiving, we knew we needed to have like a little oasis. We set up a bistro table with a like a um, shade awning with like the little like lights on. It, it was romantic, right? And, and two comfy chairs. And we were just dealing with in-laws uh, in caring for. Well, they set up their backyard. So they had like this fenced in area that's full of like cool toys to keep their busy little guy, um, you know, entertained. And then they set up an adult space that's kind of elevated above so they can like <laughs> and um, yet have private adult time. So full view taking care of their kids, but yet they've created this little oasis space. And I'm like, this is brilliant. We need to Pinterest this. This is, needs to be on everybody's board um, because it was a simple step, but it's really rescued their relationship uh, because they were having a hard time finding time together. Yeah. yeah. That's a good reminder for you know, all, all people who are in the midst of family raising, you know, which is just crazy and chaotic. It's a good idea to have a regular weekly plan you follow that's got times for maybe having a short devotional with each other, praying together, sharing meals together, having date time together, and then restart the plan every week. Because some weeks just get blown up. You, know, you had great intentions, you were going to do it well. And what happens if the week doesn't go well is you get frustrated and that bleeds into the next week, which then messes up that week which bleeds into the next week. And now you got a month that didn't go well. And if you can just say, hey, we're just going to reset this every Sunday. Okay, you'll get a little grace, yeah. mercy. And what happened last week just happened, but it's a new week and we're just going to start over. And if you have these simple things that you do together, it's likely you're going to get one or two of them done every week. And mm -hmm. it keeps you connected as a couple in the midst of real life. Friends with Tegan, Rob, and Joanna Tegan, they have a Mr. and Mrs. 365-day devotional. It's like, it's two minutes. Yeah, really sure. So it's like doable. And uh, Bill and I just signed a contract. We're going to be writing a devotional that's 365. So we'll send you a copy when we get it uh, done, okay? Awesome. <laughs> yes. Then the M is for a monthly day away. And that's that's when you're recruiting either paid respite, a babysitter, you know, bribe your uh, relatives. Um, and, and I always pray, especially for families raising um, special needs kids, that every one family member that's an advocate that is like um, they translate what's going on in your home to the other people in the extended family. They get trained up in all the skills, regulations, et cetera. So that there's at least one other person in the family, um, whether it's an aunt, a sibling, a, a parent, grandparent, somebody that cares for your family. Yeah. And then they give you a, a day off once a month. Oh, Pam, that is, that is so good. And that speaks back to, again, having that extended family and even friends have yeah. some sort of understanding on how to support you better as a couple, as a married couple and parenting these children. It, it just one it, it, that, and it's good to have two because if somebody is sick, there's a backup. But um, even if it's that first step, who is that one person who seems to care about what's going on in my family? 
and then be brave enough to ask them, would you be willing to go through this training? Would you be willing to get the, you know, first aid, CPR, what, whatever the long list is for your particular child? And, and ask as many people as you think would be willing. Yeah. Because speaking as a grandparent, when I get to go spend time with my grandkids, I don't see it as a burden. Mm, and right. not all of my grandkids are easy. Yeah, no, we have one that's like a repeat of his dad, ADD, ADHD, <laughs> only louder. <laughs> so it, it is a privilege to be involved in the lives of my grandkids. But don't, don't assume it to be a burden. Right. Assume that God's going to make it a blessing to that person and bless them um, because God says that he will bless those um, who care for yeah. these yeah. least of these And then don't, don't make the people who say no feel bad. Right, just like, okay, that's right, not, not everybody's calling. Yeah, not everybody has the gift and not everybody has the ability and that's okay because the family is made up of a big variety of people. But if God gave you an ADD or a special needs child, he probably also gave the family people who can relate to them. Mm -hmm. A lot when we were raising our kids because we were speaking and writing and Bill was pastoring. So we needed respite help quite a bit just to function in our ministry. And you know, God, some of our best friends are those people that God just put our family on their heart. Some were older, like grandparent age. Uh, some were friends of ours and we poured into their marriage, rescued their marriage, and then they rescued us in helping us live our life and parents, our kids. And, our, and I'm fine with my boys calling them mom or second mom or second dad, because that's what they were. And it does, sometimes does take a village. Um, yeah. Just recently, I was with, my middle son and his family. And this is the one that was our big challenge to raise. And his three-year-old son is a mirror image of him. He, he is loud and active and destructive and all over the map. And my daughter-in-law said to me, I, I'm amazed at how calm you are around our son. <laughs> and all I could say to her was, well, I recognize him. Yeah, yeah. Because this is round two. Bill, one of the most impressionable stories that you shared with us when we were, I think we might have been pregnant with Caleb, our oldest, was the golf <laughs> story. Would you mind oh, that? Mm -hmm. I think that, that kind of sums up what it was like raising those uh, two boys, and I was pregnant with the third. Yeah. So, again, we raised all boys, which means everything at our house was broken. So, we we actually built the home in, in the San Diego County area. And in order to get our final permit, we had to put sprinkler systems in the backyard and the front yard. And we're trying to race the store to get it done before the baby came. So it was like. So, and, and I did a lot of the work myself. So for a year, I had two full time jobs pastoring full time, building a house full time. And when we got moved in, I was exhausted. So my plan was I'm going to work, eat, and sleep and recover from this crazy year that we just had. Well, I was about two months into that plan and I came home from work one day and something flew over the windshield of my car as I pulled in the driveway. And I looked in the backyard and there's my two oldest sons with a friend of theirs with baseball bats 
practicing their golf swing on my sprinkler head. <laughs> and I get out of the car and saw what they were doing. And you know how that anger just, just hit you as a, as a dad? Well, it hit me and then I was able to hold it. And I was able to say to the kids, get inside before I do something we all regret. <laughs> they dropped the bats and they ran. And I said, you guys, I thought I heard your dad. Where is he? And they're like, we don't know. We don't know. So I go outside and I see my husband, Bill, walking around the yard muttering. I'd rather have kids than sprinklers. <laughs> it took me an hour to convince myself that I really would rather have kids, kids than sprinklers because I had counted the sprinkler heads. I started off with 38 sprinkler heads. I had 14 left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did I have to build my house, but I realized I have to rebuild this house because I've got boys and they are going to break everything that I own. And of course the boys had to like work <laughs> for dad and work it off and help them put the sprinkler heads back on. But um, that's the work that God had to do in our lives of our boys. But God has work he does in the lives of mom and dad too. Right. And it's and those moments that we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Well, and I would share with everybody who's listening at the moment, it was irritating and frustrating and discouraging. But we have laughed about that story for the rest of our life. <laughs> and, and that's what God does with these really difficult moments is at the moment you think you're not going to survive it. And then it becomes a memory that you remember forever. So the E is for escape yearly. So, yeah. okay, I'll use this as an illustration. Um, so we have this family vacation and our daughter-in-law works for Blue Fox. It's a t-shirt like branding company. And so she made these feral family t-shirts and on the back, and they're all like with anchors and, you know, cause we live on a boat. And um, so on the back though, it had the feral family where family meetings start in five minutes. Cause that was like my line. Five minutes. Okay, we're leaving for church. Five minutes. Family meeting. Five minutes. Um, and then it says, feral, hashtag voluntold. That's the way I parented is I would say, oh, Brock, I'll let you carry these groceries in. Oh, Zach, I'll, I'll let you hammer that door shut. Oh, Caleb, I'll let you take out the trash. I let my kids work. Call <laughs> it being voluntold. And um, so it's humor, right? It's humor. And um, I was just thinking we need to have like a contest with our next family vacation that sprinkler head golfing, you know, something <laughs> fun like that. I can just picture the shirt now. <laughs> yeah. Relive the pain. That's right. <laughs> that is so great. Bill, do you mind just for our listeners telling those four things again of time? T-I-M-E. T is for 10 or 20 minutes a day to chat. I is invest in a weekly day night. M is try to get a monthly day away. And E is escape once a year to remind yourself that you're a couple, not just slaves to children. Oh, that's just such great advice for, you know, for couples to maintain and thrive in marriage. So really appreciate that. So whenever, whenever we have somebody come onto the podcast, we always like to ask this question. What is one last thing you'd like to share that would uh, give our listeners encouragement and hope for the road ahead. I, I would say to all of you a phrase that Pam says to me quite often, that our today is not our forever. 
that life comes in seasons. Some seasons are really difficult. Some seasons are glorious. And the season you're in now, not going to last forever. But if you can hang together and stay at it, it will add huge value to your life and you will get time to celebrate. Mm. Mine would be God sees you. And God lives outside of time so that he knows what you need when you need it. And he can plant hope on your hard road. If you just keep taking the next step, the next step, the next step, every morning, open up the Bible and say, God, speak to my journey today. And he will. He will be faithful. And um, I encourage all the listeners to stay connected to YouTube and the other wonderful people that I have met through Hope on the Hard Road Ministries, because they're built-in mentors that God will use in different seasons of the listeners' lives to give them hope. And maybe even today, there was a nugget and God planned it before eternity that you would hear some hope today for your hard road. Mm. Thank you so much, Bill and Pam. We just cannot thank you enough for coming on today and for being our personal mentors Mm -hmm. and for our listeners to be able to hear all of these amazing nuggets of truth and wisdom through you. We are so appreciative. We love you guys. We believe in you. We're uh, super fans. Thank you for just staying at it. Because sometimes all we've got the strength to do is hang in there a little bit longer and then God shows. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.